Christmas. And as we think about the wise men this morning, as we think about those um, magi, they were not of Jewish descent either. They were outside of that old Testament understanding and covenant of God's people. But God had a broader vision. And guys, that vision includes you and me. Hey, that is Christmas. That is ultimately what it's about. Matter of fact, I told my wife this morning as we uh, prayed this morning, I said, yeah, this is Christmas Eve. This is the day before the day. And I thought about that in terms of who we are. Man, Christmas is about hope. This is the day before the day. And for those of us who are in Christ, it's always the day before the day. It's the moment before the moment. Jesus is returning and we're always waiting and we're, we're looking. And the, the truth is, there was the first time he did come. That's Christmas. And he is coming again. And, and that ultimately, man, it's hope. Hope started with Christmas, but it didn't end at Christmas. Guys, it didn't even fully end at Easter. Although Easter paid for our sins and and proved without a doubt who Jesus is. But there is hope yet to come. And and I just want to take some time this morning as we think about these wise men. Just a, a few parallels with Jesus and these guys that came... Uh, these wise guys that uh, came to worship Jesus, where did they come from? Well, in our text here, it tells us that they came from the east. What was east? Well, east of the Jordan River, and then there was a desert. And on the other side of that desert, there was what we know as Arabia. As a matter of fact, many of the mines from which gold was mined in the ancient times that made its way to the Holy Land, the area, was from Arabia. And the trees that grew there in southern Arabia, that is where we get the incense, the frankincense, and the myrrh. East. They came, we believe, from Arabia. And, and uh, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 60. The scripture gives us a prophecy of their coming, of Christmas, of the hope, the day of hope. Uh, I'm going to read from, this is Isaiah 60, the first six verses. Arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. It was darkness, then Christmas. Light, right? Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and, and swell with joy. And then there's that beating of the heart. That excitement of the hope. It's Christmas. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds. Of camels will cover your land. 
young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come, all these places in Arabia, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. So what do we have here in Isaiah 700 times before the birth of Christ? It is a prophecy saying there will be wise men who will come to celebrate the Messiah being born, taking on human flesh and our worship of Him. So I just want to look at a couple of parallels this morning of the wise men of Jesus. First, they traveled from a great distance. It was over a thousand miles, and they had to travel across a desert, so it wasn't easy for those magi or those wise men to go to Bethlehem to see Jesus. It was a long trip. It was a far journey. And man, they didn't have planes. You couldn't just book a reservation and hop on a plane and be there in a few hours. They didn't have trains. Well, I don't know what good a ship would do you to go through the desert to get there. They didn't have automobiles. You know, you did it through the camel. And I didn't even check to see how fast the camel goes, but I'm pretty sure it's not too fast. But they took that long journey. Why? Because they wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to see that little baby. Christmas. Now, what about our God? He came a long way to see us. I thought of uh, Psalm 103, verse 11, that says, As far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As high as the heavens are above the earth. Well, how high are the heavens above the earth? I don't know. It's far. <laughs> Further than I can comprehend. Further than I can imagine. Where is heaven? It's above us. And so is our God. He is far above us. But I love His promise that when we genuinely fear Him and when we genuinely seek Him, great is His love. Greater than we can comprehend. Greater than we can imagine. Turn me to John chapter 1 as we have some descriptions of how far away our God who came near is. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So when was the beginning? What was before the beginning? I don't know. But He was there. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Drop down to verse 9. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He gave to, came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
he came, there were many, though, who were not excited about his coming. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And then verse 14, the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Christmas is the amazing truth that God put on human flesh. Fully God, fully man, and there's hope. We know what, it didn't just start with the cradle, with the manger, It started before, before the beginning of time. And it led to a cross that provided us with the ultimate, ultimate hope. Uh, Next, they came from position of wealth and influence. Now, you know, in our traditions, we have come up with this idea that there were three kings. Well, honestly, when you look in the scriptures, it doesn't tell us they're kings. doesn't even tell us there are three of them. Matter of fact, I thought it was interesting in my studies. I found out that in the Orient, the tradition says there were 12 of them. So how many of them were there? Once again, I don't know for sure. But they came. Why do we think there's three? Because there's three gifts that are mentioned. Why are they um, thought to be kings? Because they're very expensive gifts. So obviously the thought is these guys must have had some resources. They must have had plenty of money and plenty of wealth as they came. And so thus you know, the idea is, well, kings, maybe they're kings. I don't know if they were kings, but Jesus is a king. You know. Matter of fact, in Revelation 4 and 5 and 21, we read over again about how great... He is how wealthy our God is. I love in Revelation 5.12. We see all these angels and they're worshiping him. And I I love it because in in the text, it tells us in a loud voice, they sang, they worshiped. And what did they say? He said, to the lamb who was slain to receive all power and wealth and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and praise. If there's anybody that deserves all of that, and there is, it is the little one who became the greatest one, who was already the greatest one, but who people watched unfold as he grew, and as he fulfilled the ministry God had given him. A couple of verses here. I love Psalm 24, 1 that tells us, The earth is the Lord's. So all this stuff belongs to Him. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So, you know, if you had any questions, does this belong to God? Okay, we've taken care of that. Everything in it. And it goes on. The next part of the verse, it says, The world and all who live in it. In that sense, when we say all people are God's children, it's because the Scripture tells us all people who live in it created by God made in God's image. And so people count. People matter. People are precious before God. Not only does he own the whole world and all the people in it, man, all the critters. Uh, Psalm 50, verse 10, For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. 
He is the God who owns it all. And the next part is, He's the God who gave Himself. This is more than what He has. It is who He is that defines Christmas. How He has given of Himself. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. Verses 3 through 5. As we are so beautifully reminded of the fullness of His gift. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's why we can have grace and peace. Who gave Himself for our sins. To rescue us from the present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. You see, he is the ultimate hero who chose to rescue us. We were in trouble. And here comes the ultimate hero, man. Any hero you've seen in the movies or you've read about in a book, we get excited about those heroes because of the hero. It's within us, this natural it's the natural story of stories it's the gospel and it, it it resonates with us because we need to be saved it resonates with us because we ultimately need to be rescued Here, here's some other verses uh first john three sixteen. this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters that's how we know what love is that's the hero a couple more verses, John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Yeah. What's the result of Jesus? Peace. Do you have peace? Ultimately, there is only one way for peace. Prince of Peace brings peace. Peace ultimately with each other, peace with God, but peace that lasts comes in it. Christmas is what it's about. Philippians 4.13. Uh, this is one of those verses, you know, I've learned it. and It's short, so you can learn it. And four or five translations, so I come out with a top translation because you know, I'm not quite sure which one I come out with sometimes when I try to quote it. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Right? But I, sometimes, this is one of those I got excited about in the Amplified. Listen to the Amplified. Of course, you know, I'm so old now, guys. They've changed the Amplified and updated it. The Amplified, I learned, you know what they call it? The Amplified Classic. So this is from the classic version of the Amplified. I love this, though. I have strength. For all things in Christ. I have strength for all things in Christ. I am ready for anything. And equal to anything. Through him who infuses me with inner strength. Isn't that good? He infuses me with inner strength. And I love the last part. It's kind of a crazy phrase. But he says... I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. God says, can I do it? Am I self-sufficient? 
only because I'm in His sufficiency. The one who owns all the animals and the cattle on a thousand hills, the, the one who, the earth belongs to Him and everything in it, the, the world and all the people who live in it, it's, it's all His and it's in that sufficiency. I'm sufficient. And then one more, Mark ten forty five, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. The heart of the Heavenly Father. And of course, uh, John 3.16, right? And uh, let's quote that together in King James. Most of us know it. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son. His only begotten Son. See, I don't know it. His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Got myself in trouble. You guys knew it. That's God's love. He gave the best gift of all. Because why? Because He loved you. And He loved me. All right. Um, Like the wise men, Jesus came. To seek something. You know, it's uh, interesting. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright said, When something important was happening on earth, you could expect to see it reflected in the heavens. Alternately, a remarkable event among the stars and planets must mean they thought a remarkable event on earth. As they saw the star, those wise men, There was a remarkable event and they followed that star believing that it was leading them to something remarkable. Something inexpressible. And the star led them there. It led them ultimately to Bethlehem. To where that little baby lay who was King of Kings and Lord of Lords on Christmas. That's where the star led them. You know, in Arabia and outside of Israel, God's people had been taken into exile by other leaders who came in and conquered Israel, scattered the people. And those people who were scattered in other areas, they still heard the story of a Messiah is coming. The Messiah will be born. The one who will bring us victory. The one who will bring us forgiveness. The one that we long to see. And and that story was, I, I believe, told even there in Arabia where these wise men gathered. And what does it say in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2? It says they came to worship Him. Why? Because they understood. It's Him. And so they took off on that journey To worship Him. To bow before Him. is the verse we love to quote, Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek Me and find Me when you seek Me with all your heart. Well, they were ready to seek with their full hearts the child. But you know what? Not only did they come to seek Him, even before they thought of coming, even before the star, God came to seek them. 
that is the awesome tree for Christmas. You see, it's interesting. They had to travel across this desert. Now, what happens in a desert? You get thirsty. What happens in a desert? There's not a lot of food to eat. Got those prickly things called cactus. You know, try to get that stuff off and maybe find something to eat. But there's not much food there. There's not much of anything. It is barren. And it made me think of Psalm 63, 1, that says, Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a a land where there's no water. You see, they crossed that place of thirst, that place of hunger. But inside here, there was even a deeper hunger and thirst. And it was for God. To worship Him. To come before Him. That was the call. And yet, ultimately, at that point, you wonder, did they realize? Or do any of us realize? Even though we may want to worship Him, He came looking for us. That's Christmas. That's the ultimate love. He left heaven so that He could come here and save us and pay the price for our sins. We were seekers and He was already seeking. What an awesome message. Matthew 2, 9-11. through 11, After this, they heard the king. They went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, notice they're no longer in a stable. This is sometime later. They're in a house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. They stopped and they worshipped him. Remind me of the words of Simeon. Remember the guy had been waiting for the Messiah. And, and, and then when he ended up holding that little one, he made this declaration, For my eyes have seen your salvation as he looked on that child that day my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the gentiles and for glory to your people israel and so i mean what's the call he gives us at christmas we're here to seek him why because he sought us out his gift is available It always is. Christmas is not just about gifts. It's about the gift. And uh, I would always be amiss if I didn't say, you know, where are you with a gift? It's not about gifts you've given. Where are you with a gift he gave? Have you received that gift? Have you made a personal connection to the greatest love story of all? And received the gift of Christ? Into your heart. So that's what Christmas is about. You know, as I close, I told Cindy, I, I read this this week, they asked this uh, a small little boy, this little boy, you know, right after Christmas, they said, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? The kid looked up at him and said, no, but it's not my birthday. 
Schenectady. Sometimes we think Christmas is about us and about our family. But it only is in the sense that Jesus made it about us and our family. We have an altar that is open to do business before him who gave it all. Encourage you, come if God calls you. He's always open to us saying yes to his gift of eternal life and life that's abundant. If we just humble ourselves before him and say, God, I want your gift. Enter my life. Forgive me. Give me that new start. He promises to be faithful and be that. All because of Christmas. All because of caring. Let's pray. Lord, uh, how awesome you are, Lord. And we recognize you. This is the day before the day. Thank you, Lord, that there have been days of your love that have been shown. Christmas that you came as into the world as a baby and the cross, the resurrection, the ascension, and Lord, the hope of your return. It's all signs of your awesome love that we can count on. And Lord, as we do business before you, open our lives and our hearts that we may respond to whatever it is you want to do in our lives, Lord. May we simply say yes and agree with you on this Christmas. In Christ's name we pray, amen.